Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Monday the 4th of July. And as usual with all the information contained in this briefing, it is general advice only. So please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this briefing. And if you need to, you can always head on over to marcustoday.com.au and you can catch the disclaimer there. Or of course, if you're not yet a member and you're listening to this on a podcast, you can always sign up for a membership there as well. So, happy 4th of July, happy Independence Day. And the US celebrated in style going into their long weekend with uh, 42 million cars expected to be on the road in the US over this long weekend. The Dow Jones closing up 322 points, or 1.05%, 31,097 NASDAQ up 0.9 of a percent, 99 at Red Balloons, up 11,128. And the S&P 500 was actually beating both of these up 1.06%. And uh, that closed at 38.25, up 40 points. So doing pretty well there. The VIX index down 2 points, or 7% to 27. So... No one prepared to take too much appetite for hedging going into the three-day weekend for the U.S. markets. Our SPY futures up 96, so expecting a pretty good rally in the SPY futures. I'm not quite sure where that's going to come from, but we shall see. We did have in commodities overnight, Brent crude up 2.38%, $2.60. We did see uh, OPEC, uh, no change to production there, so the market pushing a up again with that Brent crude price, 111.63. WTI up 2.52%, $2.67 to 108.43. Gold price easing off slightly, down 0.32%, $5.80 to 1801.50. But the iron ore price taking a big, big tumble. Um, I'm not sure that price is correct, but uh, they are certainly... Uh, a tumble on the iron ore price. I had it down 4%. Looks like um, Leighton has got a little carried away with that iron ore price. But anyway, uh, we did see that down around 4% according to my numbers. In other commodities, we had copper down 2.6, nickel down 3.7, aluminium unchanged, zinc down 3.2, lead up 0.78, and ton down 0.38 of a percent. In The miners overseas, BHP was down 3.65%, Rio down 1.9%, Freeport was down 0.21%, Alcoa down 1.76%, Tech tech had a nasty night down 10.2%, Anglo down 3.9%, Glencore 4.2% down, Vale 3.3%, and Albemarle down 1.8%. So again, we are going to see our market bifurcate to some extent with banks and industrials doing better than the commodity space. And that certainly was the way of things in the US. Here you can see the S&P 500, and it was pretty much one-way traffic after the market settled from the open. So heading into that long weekend, all good news there for the Dow, but it still had a pretty miserable week for uh, the US markets, and it certainly uh, wasn't a particularly great week for 
for the US with the um, US markets down for the week. And uh, we did see some economic news coming out of the US. Manufacturing surveys turning a little bit negative at the moment. Four out of five indicating business activity shrank in June. And separately, a measure of overall manufacturing slid to a two-year low as new orders contracted. We also saw the 10-year yield in the US. Uh, that uh, fell eight basis points to 2.89%. A little bit of a flight to quality happening, continuing in that uh, Treasury market at the moment. So that was uh, very much in evidence. JP Morgan, interestingly, has uh, said that stratospheric oil prices of over 380 US dollars a barrel could be on the cards if Russians cut their oil production massively. So that's an interesting one there. Looking at the major stories coming out from the US market, uh, certainly the Wall Street rally taking its cues from those bond bulls as we're seeing that flight for quality in the US and that eight basis points fall in the 10-year. And JP Morgan has cut its Q2 GDP forecast. says the US is perilously close to a recession. Of course, we do have Independence Day today in the US, July 4. So um, lots of flag waving happening. Copper has hit its lowest level in 18 months. Recession fears mount. And Biden is unlikely to be successful, it appears, in persuading the Saudis to raise production due to lack of capacity, which is something that Macron told Biden at the recent meeting the two of them had. It was sort of off camera, off mic, but it was picked up by the world press as Macron told Biden that Saudi didn't have the capacity to raise production. And U.S. refiners' capacity utilization was a 21-month high amid a seven-year low in gasoline stockpiles. Interestingly, though, at least the U.S. gas price or petrol price has fallen about 20 cents. The average price per gallon now is around $4.81 U.S. And a survey suggests OPEC's output growth undershot targets again in June. And Coles says it's not looking for a buyer. It may sell some of its real estate. And TikTok updates legislators on its plan to keep U.S. data away from Chinese parent ByteDance. What to expect today? Well, we've got the SPY up 96 points. So certainly the market is looking for a good day today. In the U.S., we did see the banking sector do pretty well. J.P. Morgan was up 1.3. Citigroup up 1.9. Bank of America up 1.4. And uh, Wells Fargo at 1.9. Twitter also doing well, up 2.2%. And Block up nearly 4%. So that's going to help our banking sector. But those falls in commodity prices, and especially in the iron ore price, is going to take some of the gloss off our market today. So we will have a tale of two cities. The best of times, the worst of times for our market with resources under some pressure still. And we will see the industrials and banks doing a little better. Stocks 50 in Europe, the, uh, the European markets are pretty flat on Friday. Stocks 50 was down 0.2, uh, FTSE was flat, DAX up 0.2 and CAC up 0.1. So nothing very exciting there. We had 10-year yields in the US, 2.88%. Australia with 3.59%. Germany, 1.23%. That is a big fall for those European 10-year rates, especially coming out of Germany. So big, big fall there. It wasn't long ago. It was 1.6% plus. So um, big fall. Looks like Macquarie has dropped out of the bidding for Westpac's wealth management business. And there's stories in the paper today, probably put in there by Tyro itself. 
could be a, pri a private equity target. It hit a record low of 60 cents last week. This follows the resignation of their CEO, Robin Cook, who is off to Star Entertainment. Iron ore very much on the slide at the moment, with the RBA, of course, very much in focus tomorrow. 50 basis points is the expectation for the rise tomorrow. And analysts are talking about the cash pile that BHP has got, around $12 billion and only $6 billion of net debt. So it can either afford to be quite generous to its shareholders or it may be looking at something to buy during this commodity cycle on the downturn. So it has got plenty of cash for a big deal if it wants to. JP Morgan sees oil at $380 US if the Russians cut production dramatically. This is in response to the EU's proposal to cap pricing for Russian oil. The Russians could retaliate by cutting their supply. Uh, in the worst case scenario, 5 million barrels taken out, and that could see, <coughs> at least according to JP Morgan, 380 US dollars a barrel for oil. That would be quite scary. Auction clearance rates fell to their lowest level in more than two years on the weekend. CoreLogic recorded 55% preliminary clearance rate across the capital cities. That is the weakest result since April 2020. And Magellan, Hamish Douglas, announced he had sold 760,000 shares on Friday, around $10 million worth, and he still owns around 21.5%. JP Morgan has upgraded Oz Minerals and downgraded Newcrest, and the Department of Industry, Science and Resources says that it will still be a record year for exports, and the outlook is strong enough to lift energy and resource exports even higher in the new financial year. Higher volumes will mean higher expected export earnings in the next financial year, with estimates up to $38 billion to $419 billion in terms of exports. That's uh, LNG and coal really at the forefront of that drive on those exports. Question of the day today, Bitcoin hovering around 19, 20,000. Is it a barometer of US sentiment? Have we now got to the stage where Bitcoin is such a part of the financial system that it is a barometer for confidence in the US market? Certainly it's holding steady and the US market seems to be holding relatively steady at these lower levels. So is Bitcoin a barometer of US sentiment? It was said to be a hedge against inflation, but it does seem to be more of a barometer of sentiment. Uh, the Nasdaq falls, Bitcoin falls, Nasdaq rises, Bitcoin rises. So is it more in step now with US financial assets? Well, that's it for me today. Thanks very much for listening. You can head on over to the Marcus Today Facebook discussion group. We'd love to have your thoughts, ideas and insights over there as usual. And if you're listening to this on a podcast and you're keen to listen to more Marcus Today wonderfulness on a podcast, then you can Always subscribe to the Marcus Strategy Podcast, which is our fly-on-the-wall morning meeting podcast. There's the On the Desk Podcast with the team in Melbourne. And there's my On the Couch Podcast, where I talk to uh, some of the movers and shakers in the finance industry, CEOs, fund managers, etc. Stocks, I think, and stories that will be of interest to you. And last week, I caught up with Adam Dawes, and we had a great chat about the market, what stocks he likes, and the banana index. So if you have uh, yet to have a listen to that... It's available on the Marcus Today podcast website, or you can just subscribe and you'll get it dropped into your inbox away with uh, Apple and Spotify and all the other streaming services that you get. But that's it for me today. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great day. May the trading gods be with you. Uh -huh.